0: And now, for your listening
1: pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 279 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, July 8th, 2021. And with me as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who's definitely not filing suits against Twitter and Facebook, Mr. Joe Polizzi, how are you, my friend? so do you
0: do you think that he's actually going to go through with the lawsuits?
1: Oh, I, I absolutely think he's going to go through with the law. I think he's I, yes, absolutely. If for no other reason, and and by the way, the only reason is because it makes for good content and media for him. Yes. It puts it back into
0: the limelight a little bit, and yeah. from what I read on, I think it was Morning Brew this morning. He's taking donations again to fund. Yes, the of effort.
1: course. That's so, well. That's exactly it, right? It's all about. It's all about the content marketing for him. I, mean, I that's, thought. You know.
0: Yeah. Th- no, you're right. I think that it's from that standpoint. It's probably a good move. But I didn't think that they would want to do any extra scrutinization of the uh, January incident. Uh, on the uh, on the Capitol building, I thought that because this, that that will really take another shine
1: on that. I think they're all feeling pretty confident that nobody's going to do anything about any of that. So
0: <laughs> that the, really, it's just this is a whole big nothing burger, is what you're that's, saying.
1: That's exactly right. So they're all. I mean, look, he, he 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 doesn't have much to lose when it comes to that part of it. Um, it seems that so he can certainly rile up his base and get them, you know, upset at Facebook and Twitter and use it as a, you know, use it as a bat to, to, you know, f- you know, fuel his content, which fuels the donations, which if does nothing else pays for the lawsuit. Yes, um, that's true. And, 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 and maybe gets him even more money. Um, which is, you know, crazy, but you know, and look, it, it's it's marketing. It's this It is, really
0: it really is amazing. It, I mean, if you yeah. I, I don't know who makes the decisions on his team to do this, but if you're looking at it and you're saying, "Okay, well, if we do this, we get millions of dollars in publicity." Right. And we might actually come out net positive from a from a dollar financial standpoint. standpoint yep. Wow. Yeah. It's actually pretty
1: They're smart. going to lose. I mean, there's
0: no there's no but they might not even take it to fruition. They don't. They, have don't, need they, yeah, they don't, don't need really to. They actually. don't really have to. It's yeah. as far as they want to take it, where they feel that's right. It's where a the ROI
1: impact yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And so you know, crazy stuff. But I don't even know when does it. When does the whole thing go down? Do we know anything about that?
1: Oh, I'm sure it'll be months. It's it's you know the 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 lawsuits and they'll be. And by the way, if if they're doing it the way I suspect they'll do it, they'll do it one at a time, right? They'll you know they it, they'll they'll do it in order and they'll probably take whichever one promises the, uh, uh, the biggest impact first, which is if I had to guess Twitter, um, because it becomes, you know, an easier, faster way to test, you know, all this. And then if it goes, you know, if it goes further along, then they'll, then they'll move to Facebook. And sure. the re- the only reason for that is because Twitter is his bigger platform.
0: Well, you know what? We should probably stop because we don't know when people are listening to this. What we're talking about right now is Donald Trump suing Twitter and Facebook. That's right. Yeah. Uh, for uh, what's the what's the exact charge?
1: Well, he's basically saying that they're inhibiting free speech, which of That's, course okay, is got just and they're and they're saying at its, they at, them, its yeah. at its face, it's ridiculous. That's not a political statement. That is a legal statement. It's just ridiculous at its face. So it's you know, I mean it. There, there is not a legal leg to stand on here, but that that stops no one ever it, from. Well, a lawsuit, I mean, it's so. important
0: to talk about this. We're not getting political here. What we're saying is that he doesn't have a leg to stand on here because this is a private company that's saying that that a person and or entity uh, broke their terms of service, right. That's it. That's exactly and, right. And by the way, this is a private entity. This isn't like a governmental entity where it's a, where it's a different situation. It's a private company that's making a decision not to serve a customer or whatever it, whatever the Twitter <laughs> customer relationship is, and they have the right to do that based on their terms of service.
1: It, that's exactly right. So. That's,
0: that's exactly because, right. And I mean, by the way – they it is literally being
1: down. able to throw someone out of your store for not wearing a shirt. That's right. right? You and, know.
0: That's right. And, you, and they, can yeah. throw you, they can throw you or I out tomorrow for multiple tweets, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Because if they, you know, if they look at you sideways, they've done that. And by the way, it's, if you ever want to see what Twitter has done specifically, type in Twitter bans into google and you will come up with a wikipedia page and it will show you all the people that have been banned from twitter a lot of people you don't even know why they just for some reason they just didn't like what you did you're done yeah so and and there it's in their right to do that it's
1: fully in their right to do that which is
0: why as we've talked about on this podcast for over eight is it almost almost eight years now yeah 2013 we started
1: Don't build your home on rented land. Blah, 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 You should get up
0: every morning
1: with the (laughs) the
0: idea that this might be your last day having access to that particular social media channel. And if you do that, then great. You'll be fine. Your strategy is probably sound if you're not putting all your eggs in that basket. Although, in this this episode, we are going to talk a lot about social media platforms just because we are. That's what the news is, and, and we've been. I've been told that this is a news program.
1: Uh, apparently, uh, that is that is that is the rumor out there. But it is just yes. that a rumor.
0: Now, before we get started, I have to. Like, we've already talked about this, but uh, the listeners don't know. I'm I'm in the we're in the middle of a storm here in Cleveland, Ohio. So it, it may get very loud. Right now, it is. It's just it's just raining cats. It was raining cats and dogs just a second okay. ago. Right. So every now and then, you know, a golden retriever will hit the side of the house and you can really hear it. <laughs> right.
1: We need it. We, we could use it here in Southern California. We could use some rain here. When's the last it is time not, you, you it, received rain in, in the uh, valley there? The the in, the in the San Fernando Valley where I live, um, I'm guessing the last time it rained here was February? No way. Yeah. That may have been March. May have been early March. But yeah, I I think it was early March or late February was the last time it rained. Yeah, it doesn't rain here, dude. It just doesn't rain. It you know we it's and it's bad. We we're we're in a drought
0: for sure. You know, it's so you know. strange about this whole uh, climate change thing that people think isn't a thing. Uh, if I read in this is in New York Times Daily this morning, and and this would be Thursday morning, and they had a small feature at on uh, Chicago, and. Chicago being part of, of weather patterns and change, and they say normally you think that Chicago is a great place to be to protect yourself because you're not on one of the coasts, you don't get extreme heat or extreme cold, you just get Chicago, so kind of the same as Cleveland. But they were talking about how the, the river in Chicago is high and the lake is low and they're talking about how it's been raining so much but it's so much hotter that it's drying drying out faster and it's just created this weird weather pattern and then it showed an overhead picture of the beach in Chicago and it it basically you have to do a double take you're like in 7 years this is how much beach Chicago has lost and you just you're like you got to be kidding me so it's wow, that's amazing. It is amazing. so if anyone gets a chance, just go in and whatever Chicago Beach overhead pictures. It's, it was in The New York Times on Thursday, July 8th, and I, I was I looked at him like three times, Robert, I'm like, you got to be kidding me the amount of beach real estate that's gone, and it's now it's starting to eat into um, into actual <laughs> apartment buildings and things like that. I didn't even know that was a thing. So hey, the more you know. But I'm thinking about Cleveland, where I live, and and I'm under the assumption that we're going to have the same problems because we're on a lake, just like they are. We have a river flowing the Cuyahoga that flows right through uh, Cleveland. So I'm yeah. under the assumption that the same things are happening because we're only, you know, f- whatever an hour, a five-hour drive
1: away. So wow, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would try as we as you were talking, I tried to pull it up here and. Um went to a website, a news website, and uh, crashed my browser because of the number of pop-up ridiculous advertisements came up. Uh, and basically just, there were literally seven pop-ups that came up and basically crashed my browser. So you got that. Thanks a lot, ABC Chicago. Is there still, is, is there still let's, get, let's talk about the
0: marketing aspect of the situation you just went through. Yeah. Are pop-ups still something that you
1: think is a good idea for businesses? Oh, I've never thought they were a good idea. I've, I've, I've. You know, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what I've ag- acknowledged, um, and I learned this at uh, at Content Marketing Institute. I've always hated pop-ups. I've from the from day one. I've hated pop-ups and and um, and, and and anything having to do. But they work. I mean, you know. You Taught me that right at, I know. at CMI. We, well, I remember you know,
0: when we talked, should we do it? Should we not? We said, let's yeah. test it. And then when we realized that it, we had a large works. chunk of our subscribers that came through, yep, we're like, and they stayed and yeah. then they bought. Yeah, like it's hard not to. Now, it's hard now not we, to because they're really pop ups, yeah. they're, they're sort of po- called pop overs now. And there's ways to do it, so you're it's just not so horrid. Um, the things that I like that I don't like, it's, it's not even a pop because our pop overs. At CMI were, hey, subscribe now. You get this great ebook, free ebook if you do it. Great value for value exchange. We would like your email address done. We'll add you to the email list. But the ones that I see now are the ones like from the information or even New York Times where it says, You've hit your limit. Which yeah. is which oh, is a different God. type of pop or it's a it's like a nasty gram yeah. where yeah. you, you basically... you're not worthy enough to see our content
1: which is hard when you do a new show and you're doing all this research and you're getting wonderful you know and thank you to all the listeners for sending in links to all these news articles but unfortunately you know <laughs> the the publication budget here at this old marketing is doesn't <laughs> exist and so the number of stories that we have to try and find good other alternate resources or links to because we don't want to make you, you know, we don't want to send you to something that we have a subscription to that you might not. And that, you know, so it makes it doubly hard, right? I have to go and see, and sometimes I have a subscription to it or not. Wall Street Journal is a good example. I have a subscription there, but it's really hard to do that without sending you there. If it's a subscription thing and you know, it's so it's, it's, it's a real challenge these days um, to, to send all that stuff.
0: Which we talked about, what was it, a couple episodes ago, that there is an opportunity right now for web content that's not gated, because so many of the New York Times and Informations of the world are blocking access to the majority of their articles. Not to yeah. say that they shouldn't. No problem. No, no. I have okay, no problem not, with New York yeah, Times yeah, business, the business model. The business model is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah business model is working just fine, but especially if you're doing this for you know, content marketing reasons, you probably don't want to gate it because a paid subscription is is not your primary revenue source. Although you never know today, you can have all of it if you want.
1: I just think that there's, it, to me, there's such a, 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 a binary thing to it. You know, if I were, and I'm not, so uh, and probably most people are thankful for that, I'm not the head of these companies, but if I were, for, Forbes is a great example, right? Where um, once you run out of your free articles that you can read, boom, you get the pop-up that you can't read the article, basically, you can't, you know, so I get this wonderful link from your someone. you
0: clear out or go to another browser.
1: But yes. That's right, that's right. Um, and so uh, I get that, that looking at me and 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 i say all right fine you know i gotta clear my cash or whatever but in many cases that's not gonna be good enough and what i just the easiest answer was just give me the lead just give me you know just make the details you know the third paragraph to the ninth paragraph make that unable for me to read right but give me the you know give me the 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 at least the lead so that i can I can send it to people so that I can share it so that I can so that I can, you know, create a reason for someone to want to subscribe based on this article. But just blocking the entire article from me doesn't it doesn't seem to seem really support any purpose. All it makes me want to do is go find an alternative.
0: Sure, exactly. Well, actually, if I was to say that there there's some kind of in between model from what you're talking about is I like what BBC does, because BBC will give you three or four paragraphs of abstract. And then they'll say, "Oh, the whole the rest of this article is blocked."
1: That's right. So that's that, there right. is that's there that's, is that's, an a, alternative. that's a good
0: medium for me. Yeah. Yes. Because at least I yeah. know what it is about. But I can't stand the one. Maybe it is the information where I get like I get the first. You see it for two seconds, and you start reading it, and then it blocks you, and you can't do anything. And I'm and I hate that. Yeah. I just feel like I'm not welcome, and I don't like feeling that way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we don't I want to make you feel unloved. That way. Yeah, I feel unloved. I, I want feel unloved. To be loved. Well, s- Speaking of love and feeling loved, we should probably move on to the articles that we want to talk about the news items in this rumored... Should we? We We should. We should. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cover our first story here, which comes to us courtesy of Axios, breaking news, as it were. Uh, Tom G., thank you very much for sending this over via LinkedIn. Thank you so much for this, uh, Tom. Uh, Really appreciate you sending it over. It is breaking as we speak here, Uh, exclusive. Mel Magazine, remember them, we've talked about them on the show before, uh, has been acquired from the Dollar Shave Club by Recurrent Ventures. The article opens up by saying Recurrent Ventures, a venture equity-backed digital media company, is acquiring Mel Magazine, the men's health and culture publication from Dollar Shave Club. The acquisition will bring Mel Magazine back to life. The outlet had been backed by Dollar Shave Club since it was started six years ago, but the financial relationship ended in March, leaving Mel's staffers without jobs and forcing the publication to go dormant for a few months. Uh, About 18 of Mel's, roughly two dozen staffers, will be rehired and returned to Mel under the new ownership structure. The article goes on to talk about... um, how Mel may explore a new business model now that it's owned by private equity, um, and basically some of the history around this and some quotes from various people who uh, are close to the matter. So this is, I think, interesting news, yes? Uh, that um, that uh, something we talked about that should happen actually did happen. I think there's a
0: there's a couple key things to this. First, I didn't like the fact that the Dollar Shave Club sort of pushed this off to the side anyways. But what's interesting is, this is, I mean, let's let's think about this for a second. This is a big deal because this is a marketing program from Dollar Shave Club that was just sold. Yeah, that, this just doesn't happen. It hasn't had. I mean, it's starting to happen, but it hasn't happened <laughs> before the last eighteen months, where you could say, "Oh my gosh, I have something, and I built an asset. We built an asset in our organization, and we could actually sell that asset for <laughs> for dollars." <laughs> Right. Exactly. When did that happen? You can't say, oh, yeah, we uh, we created this advertising program and I just sold it for a billion dollars. No, it doesn't work that way. But you could say, oh, I created a magazine and we've been able to sell it. So that's the first thing that's interesting. The second thing is that this article says they had something like 50 different suitors for this magazine. So it makes me think, Because this market is so nuts right now, if you are a content entrepreneur of any kind, you're building a website, a podcast, a mini-magazine, whatever it is, you would be really smart to get your exit strategy together and to get your financial ducks in a row, if you will, because these things are happening right now. Uh, We've talked about with HubSpot and The Hustle, and we've talked about our friends selling their podcasts and all this sort of thing, but this is... This is not a short term situation. This is for the next couple of years two, three, four, maybe beyond years. You're going to have venture companies, you're going to have other uh, product and service companies come in and buy content properties. Right. So, if you're a content creator, you should prepare for it. And if you are a marketer, you should understand. What you need to learn from an acquisition standpoint, which, and you and I, we've talked about this a few times, how many marketers understand the ins and outs of M&A?
1: Basically none. (laughs) Right. And this is is
0: something they need to know.
1: Yeah. And and I think, you know, I mean, it even kind of mentions this in the article for sure about, you know, the the possible acquisitions um, that could happen here. And I think this will be a really interesting case study if recurrent ventures can you know i mean i used to say all the time that the main job of the the uh, private equity was to polish the rock right you know they they buy little companies they polish it up they get it all efficient they handle all the costs and um uh and then they sell it right that's the way they make their money they flip them they flip houses basically sure and and so if they can do that with mel And sell it off to a brand that needs this kind of content marketing platform. Um, And by the way, sell that to the employees as well as the brand, because it's a dual sale here, right? You know, because you got to figure all those people who were laid off, you know, it's like, oh, now you're going to go over to, you know, Procter & Gamble, or you're going to go over to, you know, some other company. Um, And uh, was it it P&G? it wasn't, it, who bought dollar shape club was it PNG or Unilever. Unilever. I, I always forget yep. that. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. So if it's a Procter, Procter and Gamble now, or and I have to imagine all those employees are like, Oh, really, you know, same old story, chapter two and quit. So they have to sell both the, you know, they have to sell the team as well as the other people about why this is a good idea. But if they can do that, boy, that is a, that is a great, great case study for, for this.
0: I am mean, yeah, I'm really interested to see if this prods, uh, Marketing folks and creators to to do something. Um, I I still most creators I talk to, content creators I talk to, don't even think about selling their thing. That anyone would ever want to buy it. And I'm like, you'd be surprised. Oh my god! You can build if you build a loyal audience, you can do a lot of things with that. You can sell products, and certain we're gonna talk about this later. You can monetize it a hundred different ways and you could sell the whole thing if you want to depending on what That's your right. what your goals are and what you right. want to do the rest of your life
1: well at, and and you know boy if this doesn't make an argument for building not building your home on rented land because let me tell you the number one thing that will get you the valuation that you already have in your head. If you're a content creator, is how much of that audience is proprietary and owned by you, right? How much of it is addressable? Um, because that's the first thing they're going to ask. It's the very first thing because that's the that's the value. The value is is the audience that you have and can reach whenever you choose to. You know, if you go to them and you say. Oh, we have a million followers on Instagram and 500,000 followers on Facebook and 50,000 followers on Twitter. They go, yeah, that's nice, but it doesn't get you any valuation because, you know, you're just an influencer at that point, And it's all about you. The, the entirety has to be around the audience that you can reach. And when it changes ownership, they can reach too. That's what they're buying. That's what, you know, and that's, what we need to understand as marketers that and how media companies are valued. Uh, you know, and I mean, you taught me that, you know, years ago, right. With, with, you know, coming out of the media business. Well, think about it's such a great point to, to spend some time on, because
0: if you think, think about the social media influencer today. So social media influencer is probably on Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, not Facebook, Twitch, Yeah, right? I, T- right. Twitch. Yeah, yeah, so let's yeah. let's take those. Yeah, <laughs> and you say, boomer. yeah, you'll exactly, <laughs> you'll say that those are the social media influencers. And then if you want to make the move over to being a content entrepreneur or being a media company or whatever it is, it the the it's almost like you're going old school. You're going blog, newsletter, podcast. Yep, because you have more control, yeah. and you. Don't need permission of a middle middle entity. You can make it. You can make a case for podcasts, but still podcast today. If you and I produce a podcast and somebody subscribes to it, they will receive it. There's nobody blocking that right now, in, unless Apple or Spotify does something crazy. But especially with email newsletters, of course, with blogs. So it's just interesting. <laughs> you you, you, toward, you start new school it would be social media influencer, and old school is oh man, I'm going going back to you know. Uh, what media companies have been doing for years and years and years, going into boring email newsletters and proprietary websites and podcasts and audio and yep. just kind of yawner, but that's what's valuable. So
1: going back to
0: Cali, 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 Cali. I'm going back to <laughs> going Cali. Back to Cali. <laughs> that's our
1: cue to move on.
0: Um, <laughs> now you get now you, I'm thinking about LL.
1: Yeah, I'm knock ah, it's you such out. a great. I'm. I'm LL, LL, Cool, Joe. I love, it. Oh, uh, is love it, didn't that. Didn't he make album. the rock and roll? Love that, that album. This year? Uh, I don't know. I think he did.
0: I, uh, I, which is which. They really need to change the name. It should be the Music Hall of Fame.
1: Because yeah. it's not just rock and roll. But they although LL is as rock and rock roll as it comes. I mean, he's he is. I you know I love LL. He's. Oh, I, I miss those. I miss that music. Anyway, yeah. Alright, okay. moving on to our next story here uh, This is an interesting one uh, It comes to us courtesy of the Andreessen Horowitz uh, blog um, and it, which is A16Z.com of you know, so cool and high tech um, I'm sorry, I'm a little snarky on that, like but them. anyway uh, You know, look, I, I think they're fine, I think they're <laughs> fine <laughs> as I just think you know, anyway, you know, their blog post that they're that they're you just didn't uh, even launching. answer. You didn't even answer. I, this. That's correct. You I'm not going. I'm not getting myself into trouble. Uh, there. Are that's, you saying that, that is, if you comment on your feelings for A6 z, it will help? It will I just don't insulting? think it's I don't think it's terribly relevant to the discussion. Let's put it that way. <laughs> OK, fine. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So. Anyway, the blog post, the title is Every Company Will Be a Fintech Company, says uh, A16Z. And the article opens up by saying, In the not-too-distant future, I believe nearly every company will derive a significant portion of its revenue from financial services. In this post, I'll delve into the infrastructure that's enabling this transformation and, more importantly, how that's going to fundamentally change banking as we know it. Every company, even those that have nothing to do with financial services, will have the opportunity to benefit from fintech for the first time. Uh, the blog article is a long uh, post, by the way, and makes an argument for how all of these things, for example, banks, nobody loves banks, so there's an opportunity to get into banking, and... Um, and you know there's some good arguments here. Um, you know in terms of companies that have started to get into the financial services space, including Amazon, including Apple, most notably, one of the learned this stat the other day, the most successful credit card launch uh, of the of ever. Uh, was the Apple credit card launched by Goldman Sachs um, that uh, that gave Apple its own credit card. And, And that's a really interesting data point here. Anyway, the article goes on in very, very great detail to make the argument about how every company now has an opportunity to become a financial services company. It reminds me very much of the same argument that was made about 10 years ago that said every company is going to be a technology company. Uh, And we, of course, have made the argument that every company will be a media company. Um, What say you to Andreessen Horowitz's claim that every company should be a fintech company, Mr. Pulizzi?
0: Well, I don't harbor these negative feelings for A16C that
1: you do. Yeah.
0: But uh, outside of the fact that I don't know exactly what this article has to do with this old marketing except for the fact that if you build an audience like A16Z did with their total with their future launch and their being the big media company that they are you can launch any products and services you want today that I mean I really do believe that I don't believe that here's a really good example the next great oh building of companies that's going to happen in healthcare is is probably going to be Amazon, in my opinion. I think Amazon's going to totally take over, and uh, we're going to see healthcare in the United States completely transform itself because of Amazon.com. Now, people might think that's strange because Amazon, years ago, started by just selling books. Did that for three years, then sold CDs and DVDs, and now they sell everything. And now they're looking for, okay, we're a $1.5 trillion company. And you know, where do we go now? And you and I are big fans of uh, Professor Scott Galloway, he talks about this all the time and says that he believes that Amazon's going to be the, the next great healthcare company, and I believe that's probably true. So if Amazon can be in any, any market, and by the way, Amazon's a media company too, if we're going to look at Amazon or Disney or Red Bull or any of these other companies, they're they're in seven, eight, nine, ten different businesses. So, if I look at an article that says every company will be a fintech company, the point is if if any company wants to sell financial services, they can if they have an audience of loyal customers to sell to. So that's yes, that's my take. So, basically, you know, well, build your audience first, listen to your audience's needs and pain points, and then you can sell them whatever you want.
1: Yeah, and I think in large degree i i I think the so, in the world of finance, in the world of especially venture uh, finance, um, though in investing, those those folks have a saying, right? They, they they talk about having a moat, right? How wide is your moat? Yeah. And what they mean by that is how how defensible is your your position uh, to get into new businesses, to do the thing that you do, et cetera, et cetera. And I think for certain companies. You you've hit on it, which is there is an opportunity there for financial services. Apple's a great example of this, right? Apple brand has trust with its audience. Um, it has the capital to be able to do this, and it has the ability to do and you know and float uh, in terms of the you know uh, to extend things like credit, etc. Starbucks is another great example of this, right? There has been very interesting discussion in investment circles around how. Really, Starbucks is a more of a financial services company than it is a coffee company because of the amount of people who get Starbucks cards and buy, you know, and but don't ever actually execute on those things. In other words, you go buy a $100 Starbucks card and it takes you, you know, basically – Two years to to go through all of that on your Starbucks card. If you ever do right, you lose the card. Whatever. There's so much unrealized money that is being poured into the Starbucks coffers that is either getting recognized or not getting recognized. And I'm not an expert enough in accounting to to know how that works. But but the key is is that the amount of financial extensions and credit that they're actually building is 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 pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and many many companies you know you know the, on the b2b side by the way this has happened for a long time you know um and in fact galloway talked about this i one of the you know one of the uh uh things that he talked about that i've been following quite in the background is on the b2b side with palantir right so palantir the big company um has been really playing some funny money with the way that they You know, do they extend credit to people who, and they extend credit so you can buy their product. And what that does is, of course, jacks up the revenue that they're making, but they're extending credit to the company. And, you know, there's all sorts of things going on now in a, you know, in this DeFi or, you know, uncentralized finance and the expansion of, you know, sort of larger organizations that are creating private economies with this. I think it's a fascinating Fascinating space to follow, um, and it does provide a lot of opportunities all the way down to, quite frankly, where you've been playing recently, which is in the coin and uh, uh, marketplace. Where, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but you're creating you're creating an economy with a company and a brand and a trust and an audience that will either succeed and be valued at a certain level and create its own internal credit and economy score or not. And I just think it's a really interesting place right now. I'm not sure how much I buy the argument that every company should do this or has the opportunity to do this because I don't think every company is going to recognize the same kinds of benefits as those that really want to focus in on You know, creating an internal economy for their for their audience, but I think it's it's a huge opportunity, that's for sure.
0: We could go down the we should actually go down the rabbit hole sometimes with with decentralized autonomous organizations. Yeah, because I should DAO is not something that I was aware of outside of six months ago, and as I've been going down and trying to figure out this whole Web three thing, which is really about. You've got media companies and content creators that are separating themselves from middle middle organizations and they are uh, creating a revenue model directly with subscribers by selling all by partnering, selling I don't even know what you call it, but they're, they're they sell their articles as NFTs, they sell the site as sponsorships as NFTs. Each article can be individually owned by the creators or multiple creators, and you even see it on the Ethereum blockchain at the bottom, who owns what and how it's monetized and people can tip. And I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. Of course, we're we're at just one point of that is, is creating our tilt coin, uh, which some people call creator co- coin. Some people call community coin. Some people call social token, which I think is what is going to be the term. I don't know. But anyways, from that standpoint, you're right. You, you can go that direction. And then it's funny, you've got a bunch of people talking about, oh, you know, the bankless society out there where you've got a lot of people around the yeah. world that don't have access to banks. And you've got, okay, we need to get those people access to banks. And then on the other side, you got, no, they're saying, no, you don't. You need to give those people cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, and then they don't need banks. And then they can go peer-to-peer and you know pay directly and don't have to go through another institution. So I think what we're going to see in the financial markets, kind of to come back to the original article, is it is completely wild, wild west. There's 17 different business models going on right now.
1: Oh my god! It's probably it's, crazy.
0: it's probably okay for your organization to start looking at experimenting at a couple things. Yeah, just to, I think just that's to play right with it a little bit.
1: I so. mean, imagine for a moment a world, you know, just to your point on Amazon and healthcare. Right? Imagine a moment where Amazon says if you actually maintain a platinum prime membership, we give you health insurance. I mean,
0: which, which might happen by the way. Of course. I I would be surprised if it didn't. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, in other words, you're already buying things from them. And if I have the opportunity to finance my health insurance, Um, and this is top of mind for me because I just had a birthday and my fricking insurance went up again and it's just, I mean, it's insane. It's insane how much money I spend on health insurance. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, but you know, and given how much I use it because I'm a very healthy, I'm a very healthy boy. Um, but you know, anyway, not to get off on a rant, but (laughs) this is, this is a real opportunity. And it's also, you know, like we are and I know you're going to talk a little bit about this later, which we talked about the NIL, the, the college, you know, sort of name, name image, image and likeness. likeness yeah. It's, a, you know, it's just it's a there's a lot going on right now in terms of the open economy and decentralized finance and all this kind of stuff. And it's just going to get really, really wild here over the next couple of years. I, I think that's where I'm trying to talk to
0: people where. Where they say, Joe, I don't understand crypto and Bitcoin, whatever, and I'm like, I'm saying that's just one part of it. Bitcoin is important because it's a decentralized. The least interesting part. It probably is. It's actually though. I mean, if you if you're in the space at all, it's known as the is the boomer coin. Right. It is the oldest of them all, and it's very very boring if you look at it that way. But you have all sorts of things going on. And uh, with with social tokens and with these new business models and with people actually being able to monetize their own time and themselves on whatever platforms and it's it's crazy. So yeah, it, it would be worth spending more time. We should probably do a special episode on. We that. could do a special episode, I episode on. I, it. Yeah. I, I would like to do one on 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 uh, decentralized autonomous organizations because I think even that term frightens people. Like what? Yeah, what do, that's but right. I would like to know what because I've been trying to. You know, go to articles and actually figure out what that means and what's that business model, sp- particularly for for creators, because you don't need. I guess this is what I've come to, and, and and on the marketing side, maybe it's a little bit differently, but you you could really survive and be financially sustainable with fifty or a hundred supporters.
1: It doesn't have to be huge. Yeah. If, no, if you get some people, to be. benefactors I mean, support. The money you. goes up. Right. The 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 level of money goes up, obviously. But but yes, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, you know, if you just get, you know, you get the right business model, you can uh, Yeah, anyway. Yeah, you're right. We should do a whole
0: thing. Yeah, well this. look at look at uh, Beeple selling his you know, we made fun of it a couple of months ago for selling sixty nine uh million dollars worth of NFTs, but it, he you know, he he's set for the rest of his life because of one person.
1: That's right. Well, <laughs> that gets into a whole other thing. Hey, that hey, we won't. Don't. <laughs> we're not going no, to get it right. But here, now.
0: No. Just so you know, because I, I do pay attention to to NFT and the collectibles market. You saw the yeah. big blow up in February and March, and then it went way yeah. down, and now it's coming back. Yeah. So you, you, <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, yeah. all right. It, yeah. it, it already hit its bottom.
1: Okay, Joe. All right. Good boy.
0: Good boy. <laughs> Yours. Good boy. Now get off my lawn, Robert Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I need health insurance. I'm old.
1: Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our cue to move on to our next story. What we're going to do here... Uh, is just have a discussion around four stories that came out this week because they're all related. Um, So let me just quickly run through the headlines here so that we can sort of talk about all of them. Uh, The first comes to us courtesy of Marketing Dive, uh, which uh, is just a a very interesting uh, story, which the headline is, We're No Longer a Photo Sharing App says the head of Instagram, um, and the article basically talks about how really they're moving and want to move very quickly to becoming a video uh, uh, platform, much in the similar vein of TikTok, of course, YouTube Shorts, um, and other platforms that focus in on uh, doing video. And so there's an article about how they're they're changing a bit of their business model to be that. Um, the other story that we will uh, are all talking about is TikTok because TikTok is, boy, you know, let's talk about TikTok. Uh, it is in the news. The headline that we'll, uh, we'll link to in the show notes, one from BuzzFeed News, a great example, by the way, of one where we had to find something that wasn't hidden from you. Um, so not necessarily want to link to BuzzFeed, but BuzzFeed was the one that had a free article. It says TikTok is testing, letting you pay for a video from creators, kind of a shout out, kind of a cameo uh, kind of platform. Um, Also, TikTok is the future of busking, says the BBC News, which is talking about how a lot of people are looking at creating platforms that are actually revenue generating off of TikTok, and that goes back to the other story about how they'll now let you pay for some of these things, and then finally, just to prove that it's actually happening, uh, we'll link to actually a TikTok article from uh, their newsroom, which talks about Ed Sheeran who did a TikTok show and breaks the record with five and a half million viewers. And by the way, folks, that's real five and a half million viewers. Viewers is simultaneous you know, that that Live uh, viewers yeah. that yeah that rivals. Cable and broadcast television um, these days in terms of a show. So that's a real broadcast um, and talks at great length about how the number of, you know, uh, subscribers that they got in and how many people were there and the popularity of the show. So with all that in mind, Mr. Polizzi, what what say you about TikTok monetizing the platform and and uh, and maybe creating some chasers along the way, such as Instagram and and others. It's funny, you and I talked before the show and we were talking just about marketing the
0: podcast and things and TikTok came up and you mentioned how TikTok is the most intriguing platform to you right now. And I said the same thing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So this yep. is
0: just interesting. I mean, the first thing I like about TikTok, first of all, I'm not necessarily a fan of any of the new uh, newer social media platforms, but I'm most intrigued with TikTok right now because of the fact that they don't rely on, um, let's say, if, if you have really good content out there and you are a new content creator, you can find a following very quickly on TikTok because the algorithm will help you. Yes. And that's where I think it's different from other platforms, let's say Twitter or LinkedIn, where you really have to work hard to build an audience first. It takes years and years and years. With TikTok, you could You could create a very uh, large audience in a short period of time if you've got really good entertaining information. So all this stuff, that, all the innovation that you're seeing out of TikTok and what you're seeing the Instagram move, which it says, of course, the Instagram uh, CEO is saying, oh, well, we're going to move to videos because what he's not saying is TikTok is eating our lunch right now and we have to do something about it. I guess what I'm thinking, I don't know, Robert, but I'm almost thinking that, that the entertainment platform of the present and future might be right in front of us and it could be TikTok. And I could see in three to five years, TikTok becoming a much bigger force than anything Facebook slash Instagram. That's what I'm seeing right now.
1: I, You know, I think you're right. And I think, you know, TikTok represents, you know, there's a whole, by the way, there's a whole thing about data and where it's that thing is going. Yeah, it's a, it's and, a Chinese and, you know, company. Let's be honest. You know, there's some issues all there. That, yeah. There's all sorts of things there that we're not addressing at the moment. And, and uh, honestly, it's one of the reasons that I'm so intrigued with it uh, is because quite frankly, everybody seems to not care at all. Um, and Isn't I'm kind of fascinated funny? by that. It is very funny. Um, People don't care. And, about,
0: it's like when, when something came out, and even you were, you were talking about, uh, what was it on the Facebook string? Talking about audacity. I use audacity to record. There's a whole yeah. privacy issue going on with that right now that I've got to figure out. But honestly, it seems like most people don't care about any kind of privacy issues,
1: right? That is, it's 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 fascinating to me all the way around, and you know. But what I am fascinated with is uh, the exactly what you said, right? They they have figured out really what Vine wanted to be, what uh, what YouTube Shorts definitely wanted to be, what Quibi wanted to be. Um, which were these bite-sized videos that you can go deep if you want to, but you don't need to go deep. And they've, you know, they mastered the interface of that, the way you browse, the algorithm. Um, It's, you know, you can follow accounts. You can do what I do, which is pretty much just, you know, I kind of look at it like Reddit. I sort of just go through and... You know, I mean, I follow a couple of people, but mostly I just browse like I just literally flip, flip, flip until I find something interesting and it's entertaining and it's funny. And, you know, and 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 I just think it's it's a fascinating platform. And, and if there's any that I would put my money on right now, it would be it would be TikTok for sure. It seems to
0: me that they now how many I mean, how many months in a row have we talked about what Twitter is launching from their creator side? You've got yeah, Twitch launching that's right. things. Uh, Instagram we've talked about a few things on here but it seems like TikTok is taking it seriously to figure out how many businesses it can help create just from people being on TikTok it's yeah. like hey d- dedicate yourself to this platform and you don't have to worry about being on Instagram or Facebook groups or YouTube shorts or anything else just come over to come over to our side and they're winning Hashtag winning.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag winning because they're getting, because to your point, it, it's where people are following people, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's where they're, you know, they're building their audience. Now, all of the other caveats that we put into play are at play here, right? Um, in terms of how these folks are building longevity in what they're doing. And there's a whole, you know, I mean, there celebrities are here, you know, there's so, I mean, it, it's, it's. It, they're doing what everybody else wants to do and 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 it's a I mm-hmm. think it's a I think it's a strategy winning strategy well, for them for sure. Well, we're
0: too, and we're talking about the articles. I mean you and I cover it more than most regular people, but just talking about some qualitative information for me personally for the past many, many years, I get clips from friends and they'll send me you know watch this YouTube clip. Uh, in the past year, it's been um, something from Facebook Messenger or something on Instagram. All I would say 90% of those people that had sent me stuff in the past from other platforms are all sending me TikToks now. Yeah. And that this is yeah, it's sure. really the first reason why I started to become intrigued with it because it just hap- over the past six months. It's just, it's, it's like dominoes. They're all falling. I'm like, what is going yeah. on? By the way, these are not, you know, these are not. These are Gen X people. These are my age. These these they're not they're not young youngsters here. So if you're seeing this happen here in this age group, and we already know that most of TikTok's user base is, is are younger folks, watch out. They're gonna take. They're gonna they're gonna subsume even the Facebook Boomer Plus generation crowd. So right, which is weird to say. By the way, yeah, it's 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 you know,
1: and you're seeing it on Reddit too, right? When the videos, you know, the videos used to all be, uh, you know, basically YouTube videos, and now increasingly on Reddit, they are TikTok videos, right? They're the and and you know, I think you're seeing that more and more and more. And by the way, so one of the uh, one of the stories we link to is of course the uh, the you know that that they're testing this cameo like shout out feature. Just to the previous conversation around fintech, because it's, you know, it's almost like these shows that we do are have a little bit of thought behind them. Um, guess what TikTok has and has had for some time its own currency that they call, you know, TikTok coins. And you earn TikTok coins by doing things where you can tip people, et cetera. But now with this new shout out feature, you're going to be able to use TikTok coins to, you know, request a shout out from you know, one of your favorite creators. How does that, you can, know, you, can celebrity. you
0: detail that? I mean, that's important. Can you detail that a little bit? Like, so so, let's say you want a shout out. I mean, I know it's only in a couple of countries right now, but then that's Will right. you take your credit card or PayPal or whatever it is, or Zelle, and then do you buy TikTok coins so you can purchase the shout out? Is that how you it works? You can
1: do that already. You can do okay. that already. Is You can, so the, the, basically right now you can tip people, right? So you can buy TikTok coins and people with it right you can go Oh, that's an awesome video give them a tip of TikTok tock coins um, I don't know what the current uh, current uh, currency translation rate is yeah. um, but it would be easy enough to find that out um, but the idea of shoutouts is gonna be now you can go and ask for something and once you receive it in other words I go to you and I say hey listen can you give me a shout out on a TikTok video for a happy birthday um, and so you you know assumably, you can put in the details of that. The creator, you go in, you make your TikTok video. Hey, happy birthday to your wife, blah, blah, blah. And there you go. And now, boom, you get the, you know, you get your coins. Um, So that's the the new idea. And it's, like you said, it's being tested right now. Seems to be um, in, uh, you know, in Turkey and Dubai for some reason. Um, But basically... That's the that's the idea. I think it's you know it's going to be a fascinating like way the, to build up their in app commerce. Is
0: that like the new Gary Indiana? Is is Dubai? Yeah. Is that kind of <laughs> kind of what it, <laughs> it is? If, it, if anybody gets Dubai, that reference, play by anywhere. The way, yeah. I applaud you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but, but think about it. that's so interesting to me because okay, you have got TikTok coin and there's been talk. Of course, Facebook was talking about Libra for a while and that got shut down. But Amazon, of course, is going to launch some kind of coin. And I mean, even my own experience right now, I've got creator coins from 16 different creators. I actually have currency, 16 different currencies, and not, and not including the, the US dollar and Bitcoin and Ethereum and whatever the case is. So if you think about what's going to happen in the very near future, if you talk about everybody's a fintech company, there's a lot of companies out there with their own currencies. You're going to be yeah. holding a ton yeah. of currencies.
1: And there's another interesting, my gosh, just there's so many interesting things to cover here. Something I've been following a little bit that's starting to get a little play is this idea of uh, sloppy finance. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show before where, you know, we talked about all the subscriptions that we now have, right? As especially young people, but, you know, all of us to some degree, you know, the subscriptions you have to this software and you've got subscription to that TV streaming thing and you've got subscriptions to that app and you've got subscription, you know, you've got subscriptions everywhere. And there's this sort of new thing that's coming around, which is this sloppy finance where you really don't know where all your money is um, or where all your money is going. Because quite frankly, there are so many different sort of leaky places that, you know, people are now subscribing to that it just becomes impossible to track. And I think there's a a whole bunch of things that are going to have to come around to start to organize all that just to your exact example, right? You know, I'm sure you've got four or five apps that are tracking all of those mm-hmm. things, right? Yes. That are tracking all your different currencies and coins and places and investments and banking and subscriptions. And it's like, that's going to have to become simpler as well. So there's a whole economy to be built up around that too. It-
0: it's actually something. I mean, this is this is again not for necessarily this podcast, but it's something I'm trying to put my arms around, and I don't know exactly how to do it, and I'm and I'm learning. So, for example, with Bitcoin, you know, if you, if you're if you're really looking at how to hold Bitcoin, you remove it onto your own device that's not connected to a network,
1: like oh, a course. ledger well, I mean, or something right. like that. Yeah, you're right. So that's what you're that's supposed what you're
0: to supposed do, right? to do. And I'm looking. You know, of course, nobody does. That. I'm, I'm I'm looking at doing that. Because I want to... Oh, Yeah, really? absolutely. I'm looking at multi-sig so that I can have multiple c- approvals if I want to move that. I want to move it off the network. But then... It, okay, that's beside the point. Then you're getting into the NFTs. Okay, those things have mark. Those things have... Uh, definite value. Some of them look at it as an investment. So what do you have a MetaMask MetaMask, uh, wallet or multiple other wallets that are connected to different. So you literally, I mean, if you just start, how many wallets do you have? Right. Yeah. I'm just dabbling in this right now to figure it out. But if you really look at it, 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 it is getting crazy. Let alone what you just brought up. That's
1: right. So, yeah, (sighs) change, change is going to come that's ch- what ch- I, I, I changes can hear. changes uh, all right it is now time for your favorite and empirically proven favorite part of the show which is of course our rants and rave section when Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel oh like we're glad that we're on social media or something that makes <laughs> us feel like we've been banned from social media um, let's see do you want me to no, go first no, or do you want to go, go first
0: because uh, mine's brief Okay. we talked a little yeah. bit about it already but I, shout yeah. out to uh, listener of the show, Matt Holtwick at M Holtwick uh, on Twitter, and sends us a tweet here, and I'll, I'll expand on it with another article here. But this is from Front Office Sports at FOS on Twitter. One week into NIL deals in the NCAA. If you listened to last week's episode, we talked about this quite a bit on how the NCAA has launched, in essence, 500,000 mini content creation businesses with the The college athletes out there right now, and uh, and what this tweet from FOS says: so far, Miami quarterback Derek King has signed with College Hunks for twenty k, launched a podcast, developed the website, created custom apparel, founded an NIL marketplace, which is name, image, likeness. If you're not familiar with NIL, added a creative director and started plans to split money with teammates. Um, this is one person folks. <laughs> this is right. this is not even the best athlete in the world right now. This is just one and you're seeing this happen all over the place and I'll just give you a quick example. This is another article and this one is from uh, Saturday down south. Uh, this is an SEC uh, production I guess and it says so far these are my five favorite Nil deals from SEC football players. but anyways, it goes on and on. You've got uh, LSU cornerback Derrick Stingley Jr., who's got a whole thing with this thing called walk-ons. You've got Milo Sweet-T did a deal with Bo Nix. You've got – what's this other one? You've got a deal with Metro Straw and Tennessee wide receiver Vilas Jones. I mean, on and on and on. It is just crazy. So – You're seeing this in waves happen. So the first thing is you're seeing the low-hanging fruit where you've got sponsors that are coming in and doing these smaller deals. But really what's happening in the background, you have a lot of people, hopefully, education experts working with these different athletes and helping them build their platforms. You've never seen that something go from zero to 100 so quickly. As these yeah. college athletes trying to it's build crazy. their Instagram accounts, their TikTok accounts, their blogs, their email newsletters, everything we talked about with the quarterback from Miami. So I'm just fascinated by whole thing, this whole thing, and I'm trying to uh, to keep a close watch on it because uh, you, you just, it's almost like uh, if, if you just said to the world's businesses that oh now you can have a website. And they knew that a website was a good thing. Everybody's doing it at the same time. Not like we did it back in the late '90s. We're saying, like, "Oh, we're going to try this web thing." No, this all happens yeah. happening at one time. So
1: that's right. Yeah, that, that giant that giant whooshing sound you hear right now is basically all the money that's flowing into uh, college college you know stars yeah. as they as they do their thing. You have a phone call. You should yeah. get that. I do have a phone call. Is somebody I actually, important. My, my door's is open. It- yeah. No, it'll. <laughs> nobody nobody's as important as you joe yeah nice there you go go ahead all right i have a uh i have a rant and it's a proper rant um this this time um and what i want to briefly just rant on is this whole great resignation bullshit um it's 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 just gotten ridiculous um this was this is a thing that has been in all the i mean you can't watch the tv news without hearing something about it these days um and i can't surf the web anymore and i was just you know of course every week i look through the news to see what we should talk about and you know i I, it's inescapable now to talk about this so first of all kudos to anthony klotz uh, who is an associate professor of management at uh, Texas A and M, go Aggies! Uh, at uh, and he's the one who started all this nonsense, um, but started it quite innocently, it would seem, from my you know the research that I've done. Um, when he basically called it the Great Resignation, um, <clears throat> and the Great Resignation, if you don't know, is basically this prediction that everybody is quitting their jobs now. Um, or considering quitting their jobs right now, um, as we come out of the, you know, pandemic. And it's the, the, the so much silliness around this. Now, it's just getting to the point where it's becoming, you know, it, it, to, to quote family guy, you know, it's grinding my gears. Um, and the sensationalist headlines, right? So I saw one headline that was like, one in four workers are considering quitting. 60% Of workers are considering quitting. These are all real headlines. And then I found the sort of piece de resistance, which sort of inspired this rant, which was, of course, from Business Insider, because where else would it be from? Um, 98% of workers are considering quitting their jobs, said the headline. And the... (laughs) The ridiculousness of that is just, it, first of all, just, you know, mind-blowing. And then I, the, the, the last one that I'll mention is the, you know, I saw an ad in, uh, or excuse me, a headline in, in one of the agency magazines. You know, I can't remember if it was Ad Week or Ad Age. One of the two that said basically ad agency professionals are quitting left and right, you know, in a high percentage of them. And first of all, no, no, stop, take a breath. They're not suddenly quitting. We are not suddenly quitting. Yes, quits as measured by the number of people who quit their job or resign for their job, personally, not in other words, not layoffs, not getting fired, has been growing for 10 years, since 2010, basically since we came out of the last financial crisis. And basically, it's an interesting trend that has been happening over the basically the rise of the great economy that we are in now that was disturbed, of course, by the events of 2020. But it's been rising steadily for the last 10 years so this isn't something that we've just suddenly discovered in 2021 this has been something that's been going on for 10 years and in fact the idea that now it's sort of growing is only in comparison to guess what year guess what year that this is in comparison to that exactly right 2020 in 2018 there were tons of breathless articles. Went back and looked. Tons of breathless articles. Sixty percent want to quit their job in 2018. Sixty percent want to quit their job back in 2017, and I'm wondering if it's the same sixty percent that said it again in 2021. The Bureau of Labor Statistics has reported that in uh, in October of 2018, two point three percent quit their jobs. Right, that was May of of uh, two point, uh, of, of 2018. May of 2019, number of quits. 2.3%, same as 2018. 2020, 1.6%. Of course, nobody was quitting their job last year in 2020. Home. Everybody yeah. was, it, right, everybody was staying at home. Now, here's the fun fact. May of 2021, yes, the number of total separations, meaning the number of people who are getting laid off, quitting, or fired, did go up pre-pandemic yeah. numbers, of course, but, um, the the number of quits meaning people who job hop or decreased or you know basically quit their job decreased to what it was in 2018 we're right back to where it was 2017 2018 and 2019 2.3% and then where if you look at the industries well of course mostly in professional uh, or de- it, where's the decrease happening, not the increase where's the, because we know where the increase is, right? It's all restaurants and those kinds of um, industries. The decrease where actually people are quitting in less numbers, professional and business services. And guess where agencies are in that. So this whole idea of the great resignation coming and that we should be, you know is just silly. Um, it, it reminds me very much of the whole sort of, you know, number of people who are going to quit their job because they're being forced to go back to work and all that. Yes, there's a small percentage of people who are going to not go back to their jobs because they're being forced to go back. This is not, this is a huge exaggeration that's going on in the market now. And I'm just, you know, it grinds my gears, as it were, to hear about all these silly headlines. There are a lot of people who are thankful, grateful, and, you know, very satisfied in the job that they have and are glad to be going back to it, but you don't see those stories.
0: I I see your point, obviously. I think that it is an exaggeration. I love the article that you shared. We'll put it in the show notes from Sherm talking about the fact that people have always wanted to quit their jobs. <laughs> That's basically what That's you're right. saying, right? This is not a new thing. Exactly. People have wanted to quit their jobs.
1: This is not jobs. a 2021 trend. This is not a sudden thing. This is not a pandemic thing. But I do believe, and I don't think
0: this is a this is not an article thing where you're seeing headlines and, and I agree with you with the exaggeration. I do believe you've seen a shift in values from a lot of people that are saying that it's more important, quality of life, being with family is more important than oh, having that no job. Doubt. I think that, that has really no, made doubt. an impact
1: over the past 15 months. The 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 reasons have shifted. Yeah. The numbers have not. Um, and And so that, you know, I One of the reasons, and I'm not certainly expert enough in this field to know, you know, to sort of empirically with data say this, but what I've been reading is, is that one of the reasons that we have the labor shortage that we do now in certain industries is because what happened was people said, hey, you know, during 2020, I got laid off. I got to go find work and a lot of the industries where people's values changed in other words where in manufacturing there were so many early retirements in manufacturing in public service there were so many um, retirements early retirements where they basically said look i was going to retire next year anyway now that you're you know now that things are were locked sure. down for the next year i'm just going to retire now and so you had a lot of early retirements you had a lot of value shifting going on where people that were in the restaurant business moved to manufacturing. They started creator jobs. They started, you know, they 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 basically shifted their in order to change their job. Now what we're finding is is that there are a lot of people who were in previous industries and this is especially true at the lower end of the pay scale who are just not there anymore. They're they're doing something different. And maybe they're getting more money. Maybe they're getting the same money, but they have different values. Maybe they don't want to work in some place where that's going to be, you know, uh, as high a risk. They don't want to be a frontline worker anymore. All those things are true. It's just what what bothers me is, is that the breathless headlines that talk about how this is, you know, in some way uh, damaging or this, you know, in some way sort of you know you all need to be afraid of this is 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 really is what the annoying thing it's the fear it's the fear fear mongering that that really yeah
0: i see those articles and i see it as a positive because i look at them with the wall street journal report that came out i think last year that said that we had our largest year of uh, small business launches that we'd seen in decades so you're seeing a lot of people start their own businesses right now for it it and in a, we just talked about the TikTok thing. A lot of people are able yeah, to right. create revenue in new ways that wasn't available before, including content creation. So I I think that a lot of those people leave, because we don't have that data. I wish we did. A lot of people look, quitting their jobs for whatever reasons this time are saying I can start my own thing and not necessarily go back to another job. So
1: yeah, that's right. And so that's a you know that's a portion of that. that. Is a portion. You know when we look at that. Two point three percent. Right. Which is a meaningful number. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a meaningful number of people who quit their jobs. Um, and it's been rising, like I said, for 10 years, which is also a fascinating trend. That's the story. Right. That's the that's the interesting story to me, which is, you know, it's been going up and up and up since 2010. Yeah. Um, and that's a fascinating thing, which is, you know, what it means is, is that the the gig economy is for real, the, you know, the loyalty to companies is the trend, the overarching sort of tectonic trend is down. And the feeling of employees of any kind of um, obligation to stay in a particular job and not jump around is just gone. I mean, the you know, we used to joke in the early 2000s and maybe mid 2000s, you know, about, oh, job loyalty. And, you know, it used to be, you know, when, when you and I first started getting jobs, if you had any, you know, if you had a, a two-year position, you were getting questions on that, right? In your in, in your interviews. Like, why were you only there 18 months? Mm-hmm. Why were you only there two exactly. years? You know, that's this person probably jumps the around. We got to worry about this person. Yeah, that's right. You know, you were expected to be at a job for years and that's just no longer the expectation any longer for any position. And that's the new reality. And that's a that's a really interesting thing to 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 develop a story around. Not how we should all be afraid, you know, because you know, everybody's gonna the great resignation, you know. I mean, come on, come on, you know, come
0: on. <laughs> wow. <Man. laughs> Get off my lawn. You're back.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, there you I know go. I was worried for a couple of weeks you weren't getting all Grizzly Adams on us, but
1: now you <laughs> you're back. <laughs> all right, what do you got this um, week? What's going I on? I have
0: no idea. What I got? <laughs> we had such a we had a crazy Fourth of July. We did. We went to Blossom and saw the orchestra for the first time. It was wonderful. That's the first time the Cleveland Orchestra played in fifteen months. We had our annual you know Fourth of July party back, which we canceled last year, so it was nice seeing all the all the our friends and family so and uh i've been tired this week <laughs> just recuperating yeah. so it will be uh no I, I actually think we we do have some some things going on so i just can't tell you what because i haven't looked at the calendar but what do you got going on
1: uh you know I basically we're coming off of a, of a bit of a long weekend ourselves we had a lovely time got away from the screen for a little bit, which was really nice. Um, got out on the water on a boat, which was great. We've been delaying that of course, because of COVID. And so they're finally getting, you know, boats out on the water with, you know, you, or you can charter a captain and have them take you out on the water. And all that was just fantastic. Um, you know, had a nice little lunch out on the, on the, uh, in the channel near Santa Barbara, just a, a beautiful weekend. And yeah, now just settling back into client work and all that kind of stuff. And, Getting ready to wrap up the the summer here. And it's hot. That's all I'll say. It's hot. We could use your brain to some rain. You need to come to Cleveland. Get some rain. Yeah. yeah. There you absolutely. go. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That is it. We're going to sign off. And if you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other 278 episodes, why don't you head on over to our website, thisoldmarketing.site. We want to thank the good folks at Radix for powering our .site site. And if you want your own .site site, you should get over to Radix and get your own .site site. (laughs) Because if you get your own .site site, you'll have a great domain that is probably going to be the name that you want. And until we meet again, ladies and gentlemen, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.